Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Welcome to the Canon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Canon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. We have made it to August, and though we're not there yet, we get closer to hockey every day. On this episode, we'll talk about Zach Wierenski and how close he may be to signing a contract, as well as our CBJ Top 25, Under 25, Bill Zito's Pelotonia ride, and the ambassadorship of superstar Rick Nash. I am Ryan Real, and we are skating a man down tonight, Will Chase. Got a crack in his windshield, so he could not join us tonight. I had to take care of that. We've had some bad luck recently with the Cannon staff, but I think it's going to turn around. I think it's going to turn around. Joining us tonight, we've got Elaine Shercliffe. Hi, Elaine. Hi, Ryan. You had a good weekend. And then uh, <laughs> I did. the Cleveland Browns. And uh, we also have Eric Seeds. Hey, Seeds. Hey, guys. R.I.P. Will's windshield. Yeah, tough break. <laughs> Literally, that's that sucks. Um, tough crack, am I right? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That was a great joke. Well, we thank you for joining us for this episode. We have uh, quite a bit to talk about. We have some fun stuff to talk about. One thing I just want to get off the bat, Elaine, you mentioned in the chats today, Zach Wierenski at Lollapalooza. Yeah, he's just having, he's living his best life, man. Pouring beers into other people's mouths, dancing on people's shoulders. I, I just, he's, uh, he's, He's slowly becoming like the Baker Mayfield of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, okay. That's where you want to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen Zach shotgun a beer by biting into it yet, but I'm willing to see this happen. I think we should uh, get him to do that somehow, some way. When he signs, if he ever signs. Did any of you guys ever go to Lala in your life? No. I've been to Bonnaroo several times, but I've not been to Lollapalooza. I try to stay away from Chicago when there's a lot of people in the town. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. I've never been to a music festival, so. What? Okay, that's it. No. No. We're going to rectify this. I don't care if I have to take you to some, like, satanic one or, like, a Jesus one or, like, something that's just, oh, there's a bluegrass one coming up. See, we're going to a festival. You need to... I can't. I'm so I'm so confused by this. I've never met anyone that has never been. To I know a it's festival. it's it's shocking, especially because I like music and I like music crowds. I guess the biggest festival I've ever been to, which doesn't even count, would be like seeing Rascal Flats at the Ohio State Fair when I was in high school. Like, no, 
No, that's no. I know it doesn't. I know it doesn't. Count, <laughs> but. You just missed the gathering of the Juggalos, and that was actually in Indiana, so that would have been close. This is past. Oh weekend. come on! It I would have fit right in there. I know. I'm surprised Z didn't go to that one, but Lala, I guess, <laughs> has the EDM stuff that he was looking for. But Zach Warinsky has not signed yet. Are we worried about that? It's August. I am. No. Elaine, why are you worried? Well, okay. Either they're not, either they're like still negotiating it and he just doesn't like what they've offered him, at which point I would tell them all to just be like, pay the man pretty much what he wants. Pretty much. There's some limitations. Like, I'm not expecting them to drop Artemi Panarin money on him. But, you know, if the if the Red Wings came to him with a good offer, I think he would take it because he grew up watching C.B. Eiserman. Like, he loves him. One of his best friends is on the team. And the newest defenseman they picked up in the draft would fit really well with him. I, I, gotta, I don't know. I'm a little worried. But maybe he just needs a break from hockey and he needs to just go chug some beers in Chicago while listening to 21 Pilots, you know, we all need that sometimes. Isn't that, wasn't that literally your break from <laughs> hockey? It really was. <laughs> Except it was chugging like spiked seltzer and wine because I'm apparently like No laws extra... drinking claws. <laughs> exactly. Seeds, you are not worried. No, not in the slightest. The reason being, uh, more important RFAs haven't signed. Braden Point's still without a contract. Isn't Patrick Line up? Anyway, regardless, there's other guys who are uh, haven't signed, and they're basically just waiting for someone to make a contract signing and set the market. Uh, there's a lot of restricted defensemen this year. Uh, Gostas or uh, Gostas Bear, Ivan Provorov is still without a contract for the Philadelphia Flyers. Like. I'm not worried at all. RFAs tend to take a while, and clearly they weren't working on a contract last weekend because Yarmo was out hanging with uh, Kimi Raikkonen at uh, the F1 race, and Zach Wierenski was fall-down hammered at Lala. Like, I'm not worried. Z will be back next year, and even if the Red Wings were to offer him some sort of incentive-laden deal, like, he's coming back. They will match that deal. There was... Uh, that article Allison posted on The Athletic about how valuable Zach is to the team at Zach Warinsky haters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Zach, Zach will be back. He's a 22-year-old cornerstone defenseman and is finally going into a year healthy for the first time since his rookie season. He's poised for a monster season and is going to be great. I'm not worried at all. So wait, there are people that hate Warinsky? Like there are like Warinsky haters? Do you read our comments? <laughs> There are people who, there are a lot of people across Blue Jackets Twitter who believe the team would be better off trading Zach Gorensky. What? I'm, no, no. I'm, yes. That's it. Yes. We're closing all the comments. We are closing the comments. Not, 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 not necessarily on our site, but I have seen this take on CBJ Twitter a lot. That okay, those people the team would be have yeah, our the comments would be better. Great. No, the, our, we love our commenters. I love our commenters, but there Twitter are people needs to on suspend those people. Twitter. Needs there to are people them. on Twitter who believe uh, the Blue Jackets would be better off trading Zach Warinsky for spare parts. Ah, oh, sweet Jesus! I wish I was drunk right now. I can't handle this. 
He did not have the year that I think, or at least the first half of the year that people expected him to have last season. I'm not defending. I'm not defending. I'm just saying that that (laughs) did happen. Also, like, he had his shoulder reattached and he couldn't move his arm above his uh, pec before, like, August. Right. Right. So, like, I, I just, I tend not to engage with Zach haters on Twitter anymore because it's not good for my blood pressure <laughs> but i'm not worried about zach warinsky in the slightest i'm not worried about his contract status the dude's gonna get paid he's gonna get six or seven years for somewhere around jacob Trouba money and it's gonna be fa- just fine like our blue line is if ryan murray stays healthy our blue line is set for next year and i don't have to worry one iota about it and that's my thoughts on zach warinsky's contract status I also want to point out Charlie McAvoy has also not signed his RFA That's deal. the one I was trying to think of. Yeah, yeah. Evolving Wild does contract projections, and they're normally on the money. They've actually come a little bit under uh, what has been signed in reality, but they project Zach Wierenski seven years, $6.8 million, and you can probably see going eight years as well. So for what that's worth. Would. Yeah. Would. But the question is, does he want a shorter contract? I feel like a lot of guys around his age have been wanting these shorter contracts to get to free agent to UFA status. Sure. I think that's across all the professional sports nowadays. Yeah. I mean, if you're 20, you know, three years old, there's no reason to, unless, I mean, look at, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, right? With um, Connor McDavid, not working out great, locking himself into that eight year deal with the Oilers. Regardless. Moving on from Zach Wierenski, because he is living his best life this weekend, as we should all (laughs) aspire to do. Uh, He was once a young prospect for the Jackets, I guess still is, and he definitely is under 25. We are doing our top 25 under 25 right now. And Lane, I just want to know, you know, we've had a couple of guys, Ryan McInnes, Ryan Collins. So far, we had Carson Meyer, which great headline there with the tail of the tape. That poor kid. I just remember reading that he said, I just don't want to be the tapeworm guy. And bad news, buddy, you are the tapeworm <laughs> guy for quite a while. But Elena was curious because I think there was a general feeling that, you know, a lot of the prospects are either knocking on the door of of the, the Blue Jackets or we don't know who they are. I think a lot yes. of commenters were, okay, I can get to 10, maybe 12, 13, and then it kind of falls off. I was curious as your preliminary assessment of the top 25, under 25. Well, I think this year was a lot better than last year. Last year, so many monsters were left off off the list. There were so many guys who, who should have been higher. Uh, people had no clue who they were. And I'm going to say, like, part of that falls on me because I noticed people began to um, be more engaged about the Monsters players when I started doing the State of the Monsters address like that weekly, and then it was like bi-weekly assessment of each player and how they played. The past two seasons, it was just game recaps and the occasional, like, personal kind of story about them. So this year was a little bit better. Um, There were some players where I was like, I really just didn't want them on the list at all, but it happens. Ryan McGinnis made the list. (laughs) Woo! I hope he... I hope he does. Remember last year I was saying this about Gabriel Carlson? Yes. And he did such a phenomenal job this year. I hope 
that 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 Ryan McInnes like proves me wrong because we have him for two more years. So I hope that I'm like eating my shoe and <laughs> grimacing every time someone's like, "Well, Elaine said Ryan McInnes is bad." Like I want to feel that way because I don't like I don't like dragging players. You know, that's right. not like my ultimate goal. I don't want to break puff pieces either. So. I just want to tell the truth. <laughs> so yeah, the, they did a good. I think everyone did a pretty good job voting, honestly, this year. But yeah, there was a lot of people who were like, "Who is this person?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, can I say a thought on the top twenty-five hundred twenty-five list? Please. Yes. My my thought on the top twenty-five hundred twenty. No, it's not. I promise, it's not about Zach Warinsky. <laughs> um, but do check it out at C- at uh, jacketscanon.com or at uh, CBJ Cannon on Twitter. But um. My my thought on the list was it it was hard for me in that I I love the monsters I and I love that the guys have a lot of, have have a lot of were represented on the list but I don't have a lot of high hopes for like high end prospects who can fill the needs of the team the the big club is needs in the next few years you know what I mean yeah, I, I do. I think that there's that's, a lot of that's that was the depressing part of making the list mm. for me is like we have our, our big prospect is Liam Foodie and goaltenders. And other than that, what am I looking at here? Like that, that it's not like, you know, we've got some guys who can contribute. Obviously, we've got, you know, great guys who play for the Monsters. Ryan McKinnis made a list this year, like you mentioned. Um, but yeah, it, it just I mean, Abramov was on that list. Abramov was that guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and he and he's and he's now gone for uh he was part of the Duchesne deal, which didn't work out. Although we got to keep our first round pick next year, so maybe we can reload, which I guess is probably why we weren't in on that Gusev trade is that we need all the draft picks we all the high draft picks we can get. So Right. And honestly we played better without Abramov, I'm not gonna lie. We played the monsters, obviously not the blue jackets. Not right away. Right away, it was, like, weird, I think. But there was definitely a, a bit of a difference on the the forwards. But it could have been because there was one less forward sure. that everyone was fighting for a spot for. <laughs> so that could be it. I will say it was hard for me voting because just because I have, like, with Cole Sherwood and Carson Meyer... Anytime I see a AAA kid, I always want to vote them really high. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I had to be more like real about it and put them kind of where they would belong. But in the same token, um, I'm really hard on them when I write. So I feel bad when we get to Cole's <laughs> right. top 2525 because the beginning of the season until December, like December 1st, he um, was not the coal I was looking for. So I definitely was like really mean about him in the beginning of the season, (laughs) probably harsher than I've been on any other player only because I know what he did when he was 16. And I know what he did when he was in the OHL and I know what he could, could be. So that was what was really tough for me when I was writing the blurbs and the reviews and also voting was trying to find the balance between voting them high and not dragging them too much when I write. <laughs> <laughs> it's the eternal struggle. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and what was hard for me personally, I guess I'll just throw it out there is that, uh, 
when I was ranking it, I was kind of ranking by like best chance to make the big club and contribute value valuably at the NHL level. And I, I personally put a lot of value in centers and defensemen because that's what seems to win in the NHL. And, uh, we're pretty thin there. Um, oh, so Elaine, thin. Elaine, you have complained at length about our uh, lack of defenseman depth and lack of center depth in our prospect pool. And writing uh, or trying to vote on that really bore that out. Like after after 10 or so, I was basically like ranking wingers that I don't really pay or don't really know all that much about. So it just it was really hard for me to do so. Yeah. I don't know if you guys noticed, but I there were spots I didn't fill. <laughs> I think I had like a top six, and then mm-hmm. from like six to eleven, I think it was there was nothing, and then I left I left some stuff at the bottom because I didn't want to vote certain people in <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I mean that's how I voted. I'm one of those people that's not just going to fill it in because I don't want to have to have another Gabriel Carlson experience from last year where I'm tearing apart someone. I think he was like 10 voted 10 last year. I think it was like higher than I was expecting. I knew someone would vote him in, but it's because it's because he played those three games at the end of the season in the playoffs or something. Remember? (laughs) Right. Right. And like I said, like this year I already have a schedule and planned out for the state of the monsters addresses. So hopefully people will get to see players more than their stats, which is something we brought up, which uh, PD brought up in Slack, is wondering if coaches are giving more time to players who produce points more than just skill, per se, because like Ryan McInnes did produce points, but his skill level wasn't there. So maybe the state of a monster's me breaking down how each player played will give people a better, rounder picture of how each individual player actually played without having to look at points and assists and plus minus stuff like that. I know that there is something to say about stats. Um, Having El Polito with us now has really opened my eyes a little bit more to advanced stats. I used to be like super anti against them. He's made them seem a little bit more legit, I guess you could say to me, but it also helps if you can see with your eyes as well. Like they, they need to be together. The two need to work together to show the whole picture. So hopefully this season, next year when we do the top 25 and under 25, we'll have like a, we ha- we'll have less people going, who's this guy? <laughs> well, check it out, jackinscannon.com. Uh, like Seeds said, CBJ Cannon on Twitter. And don't forget, we have a Facebook as well. Elaine does a great job with that. There's actually some pretty good comments in there. Uh, people sharing, you know, their reactions to stories. So you can check that out on Facebook. It is the Canon of Columbus Blue Jackets blog. Elaine, you mentioned El Polio earlier. If you have not checked out his Where Is It Most Important to Be Elite series, please do that. Part three of that series covering goaltending will be up this week, and we are looking to have him on the podcast very soon. Go check that series out. It's really good. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second with more Canon Cast. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. 
So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. We are back. Another cool story from this weekend involving sports and the Blue Jackets, but it wasn't hockey. It was Bill Zito's 100-mile Pelotonia ride. He wanted to break the individual record, which was, I believe, $130,000. Yes, $125,000. He joined the Pelotonia effort because of his wife's uh, recent breast cancer diagnosis. And he, as of today, it was this weekend, raised just shy of $148,000. So um, almost $25,000 more than the record. Uh, Really cool story, really cool effort from Bill Zito. Yeah, that's fantastic for for a great cause. Um, I give him all kinds of credit for riding 100 miles on his bicycle because I could literally never, ever do that in my life. I would fall apart and die. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, you know, I I consider myself fairly in shape, but what he did was incredible. But yeah, it's a great cause. Um, Congratulations and thank you to all who donated or raised money or... Not not just to Bill Zito, but to anyone uh, who's riding the Pelotonia this weekend. Um, it's a great cause, and j- just thank you, and uh, go away cancer is my clean version. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's really cool, honestly. And it, Bill Zito is looking really good now, though. Like, he's definitely training for this Pelotonia. He looks, like, more fit and actually a tad bit more scary than... <laughs> Like his serious face is a little bit more serious looking. So <laughs> right. maybe we'll see some uh, some tough looking contracts coming our way. Zach Warinsky's wearing him thin. <laughs> but really cool effort from Bill Zito. I believe you can still donate. I will have the link in the show notes on jacketscanner.com for this episode if you would like to donate to his cause. Also, Elaine, you mentioned that Rick Nash was featured in a tweet over the weekend, hanging out at Chiller, just meeting some kids. It's great, right? He's, I'm so glad he's back. I wish he could have retired with the team, like played a full season and retired. Mm-hmm. He was so involved with the community before, and he's involved again. He's just, when people think of Columbus, they they think of him, like the casual the casual hockey fan, the people that watch ESPN, they they almost always think of him. And he does so many great things for the league, for the city. He just, like, hangs out at the chiller just because just sometimes, like, meeting people. He He's just, like, your average guy. He doesn't even act like he's one of the best jackets that have ever played one of the best please don't yell at me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i I think it's good i think it's good for the city i think it's good for the team i think it's good for the organization i i love it so i don't live in columbus but i'm all i always kind of like you said associate rick nash with the blue jacket that your parents friends know because that he was such (laughs) a dynamic force early on in the franchise and then you know they sucked for a long time and i think people probably stopped paying attention a little bit and so it's like oh yeah rick nash like i know that name i understand who that is and I, obviously now that the team's good again there everybody knows well obviously bob's gone but cam and nick felino and seth jones those guys but i think rick nash was that standard bearer 
for a long time. And so having him back, I don't put a whole lot of faith in the role that maybe he has or doesn't have, which is free agent recruiter or so you know, I will I will help get I, I don't I don't put much stock in that. That doesn't seem like a real thing to me. But I think in terms of being a community ambassador and being an advocate for the team for the city and around the the region, I think I think that's great. I think he's awesome at that. That is that yeah. seems well suited for him. I think if he I... might be semi good at it because if we think about it, he's the one that coaxed um, Jeff Carter out of his hotel room when he was shouting. <laughs> so yeah. was that really a good the thing? Smile though? Squad. I mean, <laughs> smile squad. <laughs> that's amazing. Hashtag smile squad. I kind of liken Rick Nash's role right now. I know he's got this unofficial title with the front office that he's doing whatever with the Armo. He seems to me to be, um, I don't know how to say this other than this bluntly. He seems to be, to be a more sober Frankie Hayduke. <laughs> yep. You know, you're... in that he's in that he's just a brand ambassador for the team. He's uh, a famous alum from the, from the uh, day from back in the day who fans love, everyone recognizes, everyone knows he still lives in town and he can just uh, engage with fans, engage with corporate suits, engage sponsors, engage, yeah, potential free agents. But he can basically raise the profile and just be the guy who has uh, made his home here, has helped uh, raise the profile of this team and will continue to help raise the profile for this team in any way he can. That's kind of what I like in Rick Nash too is Frankie Hayduke. Minus the skateboard and the flowy hair. Right. Rick Nash has never really... Well, I guess... No. 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 <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Frosted tips, I guess, but not uh, not the flow. When he had those little chipmunk cheeks that he doesn't have anymore, he was like such a little fat kid, but he wasn't fat. <laughs> like, he wasn't fat, but like his... I just want to like pinch his cheeks every time he scored a goal. Good job, little Rick. (laughs) Well, we are actually almost out of time. So let's go ahead and do our final thoughts. I will go first. This is not about hockey, but it is about an Ohio player dear and near to my heart, which is DJ Cooper, the former Ohio Bobcat point guard extraordinaire who made international news recently, the past couple days, for testing positive on a drug test for the uh, FIBA, the International Basketball Association. But he tested positive for HGC, which is a hormone made by the placenta during pregnancy because he used his girlfriend's urine on the test. And I'm guessing she didn't know she was pregnant. So my man, DJ Cooper, who was central to one of the biggest sporting events in my life, which is watching the 2009-2010 Ohio Bobcats upset third-seeded Georgetown, Making waves, making waves overseas. I love him so much. It is such a ridiculous story. A lot, of, a lot of people know about Ohio sports, Ohio Bobcats. So very proud of DJ getting the name out there. The brand is strong. <laughs> Elaine, would you like to go next? I have two. One, I'm slowly getting over the fact that the Indians traded Trevor Bauer um, that was a really rough night for me. I definitely cried. Okay, I don't get attached to players. Mm-hmm. I try not to. This one was rough. It was so rough that I was crying and I was like, I'm gonna become a Yankees fan. Like I was <laughs> I was very overdramatic about it. I felt really bad for 
everyone who had contact with me over the next 24 hours. So for them, but, um, I want to give a really big shout out to, um, this usher at the Imagine Dragons concert at the Pro Football Hall of Fame last night. Her name is Tracy. My dad and I, we never get to have daughter, daddy daughter night, just us going out into public because he has a compromised immune system. He has lymphedema from his cancer treatments when I was four, um, so he has no lymph nodes. So it makes it really difficult to do things. And we won these tickets. We didn't think to check on the seats. And we were like right in the middle row of the row. And there was really, he had, he would have to keep his leg bent the whole time. And it just wasn't a good situation for him. So I found this lady and I was like, hey, is there a way we can like move down or move somewhere? We can move back. I don't even care. Like, I just want to make sure he's comfortable. And at first she said that we would have to be separated. And she would put us at the end. And I was like, listen, no, like this is daddy daughter night. I explained to her about how like my dad had cancer when I was four. And she just went like above and beyond to try and find us a seat. We ended up moving a little bit closer, not too far. And there was an open space. So my dad could stand up and get down. And um, she gave me this really big hug before she left us. And she was like, you know, I want you to cherish this moment because my dad died when I was four of cancer and I don't get, I didn't get these moments and I want you guys to have these moments. Aww. So like, it was a really amazing experience because then he stayed, he was able to stay the whole night because he was comfortable and he could get up, he could take a walk, he could sit down, he could still see the concert. He wasn't surrounded by like a ton of people. So there are some truly amazing people in this world. And I know that the past 48 hours have been really rough on our country, especially Ohio. And I just want to remind people that there are amazing people out there who, even though they've seen stuff and they've been through stuff, they still have the compassion meter going off the charts. Well said. That's a very sweet story. I'm glad you guys share that with your dad. Yes. Seeds, would you like to go? Yeah, um, related to the downer weekend that Elaine mentioned, I wanted to just give a shout out to my adopted hometown of Dayton, Ohio. Um, for those of you that don't know, I, w I am a University of Dayton grad. I spent the best four years of my life in that town. Um, I loved every second I was there. I, it means the world to me, and I met some of the best friends I've ever made in my entire life in that city. Saturday nights, Sunday mornings, horrific events, notwithstanding that community has come together in ways that I could never have imagined for two awful events this year. Not only what happened Saturday night, but also for the tornadoes that struck uh, earlier this year. And it's awful that Dayton is in the news for these tragedies, but it's it warms my soul to see the community around the city. Um band together and be as strong as they are in the face of these unspeakable tragedies. So I just want to um, send all of my love and support to the gem city. And, you know, I, I don't get to go back as often as I want to, but the, the city is never far from my mind and I love it so very much. So uh, shout out to Dayton, Ohio, and I love you very much. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Seeds. All right. We're going to leave it there. Our theme music is Green Eyes by Angela Purley and the Howlin' Moons. Angela came out with a new album last week 
titled 430. Check it out. It's streaming everywhere. You can find more information on angelapurley.com. Rate us. Leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Please share this with your friends. We love to hear feedback as well. You can tweet at us, comment on the website, jacketscanon.com, and get in touch with us however however you can. We're, we welcome it. From all of us at the Canon, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.